Enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska Seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. Hey, this is Kat, Communications Director of HRN, here with a preview of Episode 2 of Meat and 3. This week, we're talking pork. We'll learn the best way to make a BLT. I don't think I've ever successfully made a BLT just because I eat the bacon before any other part. How pitmasters and restaurateurs are helping put small-scale pig farmers back to work in Alabama. It's all about money. That's the bottom line. What pork has to do with economics? Farmers could be particularly affected by China's threat to levy its own tariffs on pork and soybeans. And with government. Basically all of politics is pork at this point. So tune in on Friday afternoon for your weekly serving of Meat and 3. And make sure you subscribe to be the first to know when new episodes air. And welcome to Why Food. We're a podcast about career changers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in food coming from other industries and pursuing their dreams in all kinds of aspects of the food industry. I'm your co-host, Ethan Frisch. And I'm Jenny Dorsey. And we are here with uh, two guys from Big Mots. We're here with Jimmy Warren, who's the chef and partner, and Matt Galera, who's the CEO and president. Welcome, guys. Thanks hey for joining us. Thanks Our for having us. Our first partner yeah, duo. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. So we're going to start the interview the way we start all our interviews with your aha moments. Uh, how did you get into this? What is Big Mots, and, and how did you know that this was what you needed to do? Wow. Well, it, it would have had to be a really profound one uh, to <laughs> drop what you're doing and get into the cheese business. Um, but no, for me, um, I think my aha moment actually came in college, um, and it had to do with you know why I wanted to get into the food industry in, in, uh, in, in the first place. Um, and I mean, I always grew up in the kitchen, and I went to Dartmouth for undergrad, so I always had you know, in the back of my mind, oh, you need to go into banking or consulting or something, you know, kind of corporate. Um, and the entire time, you know, while I was uh, undergrad, I was, you know, what I enjoyed most was was rowing and athletics um, and also uh, cooking. Um, I uh, was in a fraternity uh, on Fridays. I would cook for the entire house. And something over time that I realized is that cooking never felt like work to me. Um, it always was very energizing uh, and is something that I, I, I love to do. I love that kind of instant feedback, kind of instant instant gratification kind of thing. What did you cook for the fraternity? Uh, oh, man. A bunch so, of hungry yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you, you got to keep it simple. Um, so, you know, I cook like... Um, I cooked chili a lot um, and uh, I did like a chili competition where um, like I stayed up like all night and I made chili for like 24 hours. Um, and I would like recruit people at like, okay, at like three o'clock in the morning, you're probably going to be up. Uh, so you need to go and stir the chili. Um, and like I moved the couch into the kitchen so I could like, cook, uh, you know, keep an eye on it. Um, and, uh, no, but I, uh, you know, I, I grew up, you know, in North Jersey, so I know how to make tomato sauce and Italian food, stuff like that, base, you know, basic stuff. Um, so that's what I'd cook, uh, for the house and, um, that kind of, you know, in, in writing my first business plan and, you know, deciding uh, what my, my jump, I guess, was going to be, um, I decided, okay, I'm going to go to my roots and, and make tomato sauce, put sauce in a jar and just kind of go for it and build, <laughs> build a brand around it. 
Uh, yeah. Were you intimidated by there were so many tomato sauces already there? Yes. Very, very crowded category. Um, so I guess this was around 2012. Well, I graduated 2012. So it's like 2013. Um, and uh, that was right around the time that Sir Kensington's was coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, Empire Mayonnaise uh, was was um, uh, was growing. And um, I think there, I, I recognized it as a category that hadn't really seen any disruption um, from any, uh, you know, kind of micro brands or any, you know, there's nobody making like a really great, like old school tomato sauce. So was, everything was like really commodity. Um, so I sort of saw that opportunity for me to, you know, go in very cheaply and do things, you know, go back to basics with it. Um, you know, put a lot of effort, uh, you know, what I couldn't, uh, you know, what I couldn't do as far as, you know, having a marketing budget or anything like that, or, uh, equipment, you know, build out for a kitchen. Um, I just put, you know, kind of blood, sweat and tears into it. Um, you know, bootstrapped it and, and, uh, you know, started very, very lean. So that all kind of worked out, um, for me right in that moment to find a business plan that I could execute on with no money because I was completely broke. And, um, and also, you know, kind of an industry that I, I thought, and I was kind of right that I could, (laughs) um, you know, kind of carve out, you know, a very small piece of the pie. For myself and and what uh, what happened to that business and how did it lead to Big Mots? Uh So uh, that was called the Atlantic Ave Company, um, and I mean the the idea with that is I was working in an office in Boston, um, and I uh, quit my job and moved back to New York, and you know I everything was happening here, right? Um, uh, in in kind of that uh, kind of disruptive um, side of like you know consumer products for food, um, so. Uh, I grew the brand over like a, a, about a year and a half, and uh, it was in about 30 stores around uh, the tri-state area. And that is when Big Moth started. So this is about 2015. Uh, Big Moth has been around for three years now. And it became you know, very apparent, you know, maybe a month or two uh, into running Big Moths, um, that you know, this thing kind of has legs. Um, and uh, both would fail if I had you know, kind of one foot Mm-hmm. In, in either direction. Um, yep. It was, you know, pick a horse and run with it. Um, and, you know, there's a huge, uh, you know, kind of like holistically, there's a big difference in manufacturing a product and putting it on, a, it on a store shelf. Maybe you sell more of it because kind of the distribution channel is bigger. Um, but, you know, going back to why I chose to make the jump in the first place, I love cooking for people and seeing their their reactions and kind of bringing, you know, kind of that, you, you know, small bit of joy, yeah. you know, to it. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of what I, what I love about cooking. And this felt like that to me. Um, so, you know, I think it was, it was a good model, uh, you know, kind of from the business side. And then also just personally, uh, I had way more fun doing it and uh, I enjoyed who I was doing it with. <laughs> and Jimmy, yes. Tell us <laughs> yeah. about where you were before that's Big Moss. Um, yeah, no, I, I, so I'm from Florida. Um, I graduated at University of Florida for finance. And right out of college, I had a job lined up at an energy company uh, working in corporate finance. And as I was getting hired, the company had a hiring freeze. And they were like, we can't hire you for six months. And I, um, and instead of feeling this kind of, um, you know, feeling scared, I felt this weight lift off my shoulders. And I was like, oh, that's important. Uh, <laughs> and I think that was like one of my first aha moments of maybe I shouldn't be in finance. Um, and so after that, uh, I moved in with my girlfriend who was at FSU, uh, Florida State uh, in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, she was still there for a year. Um, and her mom is a 
house director for fraternities and sororities. So like Matt, I started cooking in a, a sorority, not a fraternity, um, but in the Greek life. And um, she was like, hey, can you cook? And I was like, yeah, I think I can cook. And she's like, great. You want a job? And I was like, yeah, I need a job. And she was like, great, you can be my cook. And I was like, excellent, let's do it. And, and what did you cook for her yeah. first meal? So the first meal, okay, and this is why she thinks I can cook. Um, the first meal, I literally like Googled, um, I really wanted Jamaican food. Because, um, you know, there's some good places in Florida, obviously, but where we were, there was no good Jamaican food. So I um, uh, looked up literally a recipe, followed a recipe, you know, step by step on how to make like jerk chicken and, um, you know, Jamaican uh cabbage and red beans and rice and she was like wow this is amazing you're you're such a good cook and I was like yeah definitely oh yeah yep I do this all the time um uh which I didn't and uh you know that's kind of how it really started um and she was like great you get to make breakfast and lunch for uh the sorority girls I was like great how many are there she's like 200 um so immediately uh there was actually another chef there um who worked the dinner service um much more seasoned than I was, and he kind of taught me, you know, knife skills, how to saute, basic cooking techniques um, that got me, you know, enough experience to figure out, okay, how do how do you cook? Like what, reading a recipe and understanding what actually is going on um, in the recipe. And, you know, I had to channel my creativity somewhere. I had a girlfriend and I was working in a sorority house with a bunch of girls. And I, you know, I was I'm very devoted to my girlfriend. We're still together. Um, So my creative channels kind of went straight into cooking and I became super passionate about it. Um, And I thought, wow, this is, you know, something where you use creativity. um, You you get to, you know, build your own kind of um, uh, business based off of it. Uh, and I thought this is what I should do. So I went up to culinary school in um, in New York, and I went to ICE, which Me too. J- yep, yeah, <laughs> so uh, both alums over here. Um, and uh, it was just, you know a, a great culinary school, um, six month program in the middle of uh, Manhattan. I literally Google searched best culinary schools, and like CIA was up there, and I was like, I don't want to go there for two years, and out of out of the the city, I want to live in the city. Um, and so ice was like cheaper than ICC. So (laughs) I was like, yep, I'll take that one. Um, but immediately started working in restaurants and, um, going into restaurants, I, you know, kind of floated around to different ones until I landed upon, um, Del Posto in the city, uh, which was obviously, you know, it's a, it's a four star New York times restaurant. It's really, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a military, um, and going to school (laughs) While uh, going and working at Del Posto, my days just were obviously very long, and it just ended um, with me kind of being disenchanted by the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. um, just being worked so hard by both, um, you know, in the classes and at work that I, you know, I don't, I didn't even really make it a full year at Del Posto where I was just like, I can't do this. I have to do something for myself. Um, and that's when I fell out of the restaurant industry, and I, I was like, maybe I shouldn't be a chef. And kind of had this, uh, you know, scary moment of, wow, I just spent a lot of money in culinary school. um, And a lot of time. And a lot of time, um, you know, and I'm living in New York and I need to figure out to do something. And it just kept on coming back to that creativity side of cooking and thinking about, well, I want to still build menus. I still want to, you know, work for myself. Um, So I started doing private cooking and and catering. And, you know, that's when I kind of 
stepped away from the restaurant world and tried to figure out how to get into the, uh, you know, the, the culinary industry at a different angle. Um, and yeah, started, uh, my own kind of catering, I guess, catering company, you know, just picking up gigs. I mainly worked Monday through Friday working as like a, you know, private cook in people's homes, um, you know, for dinners and stuff. And, uh, you know, eventually picking up some, some big parties and, and gigs, but it was fun. It was, you know, creating my own menu. Uh, but you can imagine that was like sporadic work. It wasn't yeah. what I was used to, which was, you know, Monday through Saturday or Sunday, you know, six days a week, uh, sometimes seven days a week work. So, uh, I literally went on, um, ICE's, uh, website. They, they send out this big catalog of jobs and I controlled F weekend work cause I was mainly <laughs> working, uh, Mondays through Fridays and Matt popped up and, um, he's, you know, the, the job description was, you know, making cheese at Smorgasburg. Um, and Smorgasburg is an amazing market that I went to before. It's a big outdoor food market, um, that, I thought, wow, this could be a fun summer job, something to fill in the time, some extra beer money. Um, I'll, you know, I'll give them a call. And uh, had, had you ever made cheese before? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I will actually, yes. In culinary school, I think there was a day where I made cheese, but I, I honestly can't remember that day. Um, I think I was just like so, you know, tired and basically half asleep the whole time during class um, that I really can't remember making cheese. And I'm sure whatever I made was far from mozzarella cheese at the end. So, um, so tell us what is Big Mots? What do you guys do? What do you make? Um, what's what's special about it? That's that's a great question. Um, and it took us a long time to figure out what Big Mots is. Um, so Big Mots, uh, you know, we define ourselves as being an outdoor food market operator and caterer. Um, obviously, the name Big Mots comes from mozzarella. And we're tall, <laughs> um, you know, so, so that was it. Uh, um, had to call it something, so we ran with it. Um, so basically, you know, the original, uh, you know, kind of the, the genesis of, of Big Mots was um, I, I randomly learned how to make fresh mozzarella one day um, at like a, I was at a fancy grocery store in New Jersey sampling my tomato sauces. And like I grew up in North Jersey, the tonnage of mozzarella that I've eaten in my lifetime is like <laughs> staggering. What would you, you know? put an estimate at? Ooh, oh man, um, many, many, many tons. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I, like everybody else, I don't know what it actually is. Like, mm. where does mozzarella come from? Um, how do you make it? Like, what does it look like when it's being made? Um, and, uh, I mean, it's the most consumed cheese in America. More than 50% of the cheese consumed mm. in America is mozzarella. Wow. Is it, is um, it actually mozzarella or is it like, is it like all like, types of mozzarella? Like shredded, uh, packaged mozzarella. You, yeah. You, you, you would assume that, you know, the, the, the bulk of it, the volume of that is like pizza cheese yeah, and like yeah. shredded mozzarella and stuff like that. Right. So like, you know, you're Heart not getting skin. like amazing, like handmade mozzarella, like Robertus, which is it's delicious. Um, but I mean, you know, what I really loved about it is it's an opportunity for, um, for education, um, because, you know, it's a, a product that people know, but they don't actually really, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as I was kind of, you know, going down the rabbit hole of, of learning about cheese making and, you know, kind of understanding the supply chain of it and, um, you know, what, what, what mozzarella actually is, um, and kind of building the, the original idea for Big Mots. Um, you know, what I realized was, uh, you know, there's an element of theater to it. 
So you're, you know, you have this big bowl of hot water mm -hmm. and cheese curds and salt in there. That's the only ingredients. And you have this big wooden paddle and you can literally stretch it like over your head. Um, and it's like very conversational. Um, so there was that always, always that element of, of kind of education uh, at, 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 from the, from the outset of Big Mott's. Could um, flair mozzarella making be the new big thing? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, you know, we, we, um, we weren't on the level of like Salt Bay doing stuff with it. I mean, like, you know, it's like we're like a couple of like dorky kids like making mozzarella. Um, but, you know, we, we, we tried to, you know, make it as interactive as possible. And I mean, there's something really cool about like having a, like a bowl of like warm mozzarella and like breaking off a piece and handing it to someone mm -hmm. and just like watching them eat it. And it's like salty and like tangy and just like totally mind blowing and like watching people's minds get blown like day after day at the beginning like of, of starting Big Mots was the coolest part of it because yeah. um, I mean no one's no one's tried mozzarella straight out of the water mm -hmm. most most people have not um, and um, so the idea with Big Mots uh, was that every dish um, would have fresh mozzarella, you know, warm and straight out of the water, kind of as the the centerpiece, or kind of as the as the you know the core thing, kind of linking everything on the menu. And so, tell us um, when you two first met, or how what was that process? What was the event? You served a lot of people that right, night. Yeah, right. Well, well, first of all, so I, I applied to this job, and I thought Matt was like forty years old. So <laughs> I, you know, I get a phone call from Matt. I think I applied on email or whatever, and he gives me a call and he starts asking like really good questions. Um, later, learning that Matt was actually a recruiter at one point. Uh, Give yeah, us some I, questions. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I was like twenty-five. I was not. I was <laughs> yeah. not forty. No, he was not. Um, he was not. And uh, I mean, like for like a hot second after school, I worked um, as a recruiter. Um, so, you know, <laughs> regardless of what, what the position is, like if you ever interview at Big Mots and you get me on the phone, um, you're going to get a lot of questions like, you know, so what do you want to do when you grow up? Right. And just, you know, like very, like open questions that are very open. And I, like, I try to keep it short and stay out of the way and let people talk, um, and kind of let them sort of run the interview and kind of, you know, I find that to be like a little bit more revealing because, you know, when, when you're first interviewing um, for, you know, for people to come and work for your company, um, all you want to do is, like, evangelize about, like, you know, what your mission and, and values are and, you know, what you're going to be doing and, and how, you know, operationally, how are you set up and, and this, this, that. Um, and that doesn't actually tell you anything about the person who you're hiring. Right. You actually mm -hmm. need to, like, shut the hell up sometimes and let people talk. Um, and like, we're kind of trained as entrepreneurs not to do that. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we have to be the loudest, most annoying people about our brands because I mean, there's nobody else talking about our brands except us. Yeah. Um, like someone will listen. Yeah, right. totally. So, you know, I, I think in the, in the interview process, um, you know, I, I just try to let, let people do the exact opposite of what I'm doing now, which is, you know, talk about themselves, <laughs> you know, what their ambitions are, you know, where they want to go. Um, you know, if Big Mots becomes a hit. Um, you know, where do you see yourself fitting into that picture? Right. Um, and then I, I also like to ask, um, you know, some like 
I guess brain teasers. They're not really like case study questions. You know, this isn't like, you know, kind of like a consulting interview or something, but God, I, I like that memory. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, what's the book? Case in point. Is that the yeah, book? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. God. My Kill favorite consulting question I got was you're at a Walmart nearby and granted, I didn't live near any Walmart. So yeah. I was like, what do Walmarts look like? Yeah. And they were like, how many shopping carts are there at Walmart <laughs> combined? Gosh. And I was like, oh, I have no idea. Like what, what time would I, so I just yeah. started asking like, is it Christmas? time like how many what how large is this walmart square footage wise you know oh yeah. yeah yeah there's so i got one that was like uh how many garden hoses are sold in america in one year go <laughs> <laughs> all right um so you know I'll, I'll ask you know sort of keep it a, you know a little bit more concise than that and i'll ask questions like okay so say you know we're doing an event um and uh we need to serve 600 people in the next two hours, and there's a citywide blackout. There's no electricity. What do you do? Right. And so, Jimmy, what do you do? Yeah, Jimmy, what do you do? Teach us, Jimmy. So, don't put him on the spot like that. It doesn't always relax uh, yeah. electricity. Well, the answer doesn't matter, uh, yeah, is, is the point, right? It's, right, ju- right? it's just, you know, how, right. they walk, how they work through the problem. Um, and I mean, a big part of, of you know, running a, a very, very small business, we're not even a small business, we're a very, very small business. Um, is uh, just kind of seeing how people react to adversity. Right. Um, and, you know, if the person is just like, uh, I don't know. Right. Which, like, you get a lot of time, mm-hmm. like a majority of the, you know, of the time, um, versus somebody who says, okay, well, the first thing that I would do is this and this. And then if that doesn't work, maybe I'll ask this person and I'll try this. And you want to kind of see those gears turning yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit. Because, you know, as, you know, a, a, a company with a very small kind of corporate uh, structure here because like it's in the room at the moment <laughs> um, you know you need people to act autonomously yeah. um, and to kind yeah. of fend for themselves a yeah, little bit need, like there's those... no like we don't have like an HR right. or like you know well, sit, or like it, a back office no I mean you need the you need those problem solvers so I thought it was you know those questions he was asking I, they're very entrepreneurial and I was like wow that's not was I what I was expecting for this kind of like summer job post um, and eventually, you know, um, he invited me in to a, uh, kind of a launch event for, you know, the mozzarella. So Big Mots hadn't launched yet. No, this no, no. So, so yes. Okay. This is so, all conceptual. Okay. This is all conceptual, uh, like very close to the start line. Um, Big Mots was opening at Smorgasburg a week before this launch event. Um, and so I go in and you know, he, the pitch that Matt pitched me was like, oh, well, you know, just come in. I'll teach you how to make cheese. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit and then you can stick around for the launch event. It'll be a lot of fun. And how many people are at the launch event? So 200 people showed up (laughs) (laughs) and, um, you know, and luckily, you know, we, we, well, we, we can talk this more in depth later, but basically we source our mozzarella from a great, um, creamery called Caputo Brothers Creamery, but luckily one of their cheesemakers came with them and made most of the cheese that night. Um, <laughs> thank God. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> what I find out is that <laughs> Matt doesn't really know how to make cheese that well. Um, but, you know, I, we learn and stuff, and um, he's walking me through the menu, um, and uh, we were doing, you know, he's making this roast pork sandwich. He was doing this new concept, which became our signature item, which was the Mott's Bomb. Um, that was a basically a play on burrata that was injected with pesto. So literally mm. taking like a big turkey injector <laughs> and injecting it uh, with pesto. And it was like this it was really, really good. But he was showing me all these menu items. 
all of a sudden people start showing up, you know, friends and family were showing up. Matt was like schmoozing with the friends and family and stuff like, you know, showing off to explaining what Big Mott's is. And all of a sudden I realized there was no one in the kitchen actually making any of the food. There was just the <laughs> cheesemaker like panically making all this mozzarella. And I was like, Matt, do you need someone to run the kitchen for you? And <laughs> like you, right yeah, now? like right now. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And I ended up doing the whole shift. Yeah, he worked like an eight-hour day. Yeah, I worked like an eight-hour day. On his interview. Well, yeah. And, um, uh, I mean, which I thought was a ton of fun. I mean, it was, it was you know, which is good. Um, I thought it was great. And I really just love the energy and the the concept of Big Mott's. Um, and then once I found out Matt wasn't 40 and was like 25 at the time, I was like, oh, shoot. Okay. I'm not scared of you. Yeah. Um, but and I think we just hit it off. And I think we just... Um, kind of shared the same values of, you know, creating something, creating something new, starting from scratch and just seeing how big we can build it. Because the first, you know, the first idea of Big Mots was just kind of a weekend beer money kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just be at Smorgasburg for the weekends. It sounds fun. Um, but in, I mean, I even told him when I first started, I was like, hey, I'm just going to be able to work one day a week. Um, and, you know, now it's like seven days a week. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... Um, it was this cool concept that, I don't know, we just hit it off. And, and what was out. the tipping point when you knew that, um, from you, Matt, you wanted to focus on big mods, and for you, Jimmy, like, this was the, you were going to, like, <laughs> put everything behind this concept, too. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I mean, it's funny. It, it definitely took Jimmy, like, one hour to figure out that, like, oh, this guy's making up everything that he does <laughs> as he goes. I can um, capitalize yeah. on this. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like it really was just sort of a weekend project um, while I was kind of growing the sauce business. And um, that was doing well. I had a distributor for the product. Um, and I was just kind of butting up against the um, kind of the, the pain points that come with scaling mm-hmm. a consumer product. Um, and recognizing that, okay, now I'm getting into the territory where I am competing with those major kind of incumbent brands. And if I want to grow this into a real thing, I'm going to have to raise a million dollars and hire six people and get a co-packer X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, even finding a co-packer, I mean, this is a good mm-hmm. lesson. If you're making a product that is like extremely handmade, finding a co-packer is going to be really, really hard. Like you're going to have to make a lot of concessions in uh, either the quality of your product or just kind of the the, the tone and, and sort of the language that you use around your product. Um, so you can't build a brand around you know something that requires like some like specialized tool that you can only make like you yep know, whatever. Right. Um, so I uh, am doing Big Mots. Big Mots launches in April of 2015 at Smorgasburg. Uh, the Atlantic Ave Company is going strong. Um, it actually got picked up by Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, okay. Which was pretty hysterical. Um, they have like a kind of growing like specialty food uh, and like grocery um, thing in, in some of their stores. And they did a pilot program in four stores with it and sold really well. Um, and like I was out there, you know, doing doing demos, you know, probably two or three times a week on top of doing all the prep for Big Mots and also cooking all this sauce. Um, and, you know, kind of, you know, distributing it and stuff. So, you know, I was really supporting the product and it was very, very exhausting. Um, and, uh, it did well in that first, you know, couple of pilot locations. They were going to push it into another 30 stores, um, between like Virginia and Boston, uh, which was awesome. And I, you know, 
this is now, you know, kind of midsummer and Big Mots is doing really well. We're getting, you know, tons of uh, great press. We were very, very fortunate early on, um, you know, and, and kind of we're launching at Smorgasburg, which is like just an incredible launch pad for, for a small food brand. Um, you know, can't, you know, say enough about kind of that, you know, being able to launch, you know, with that kind of audience and that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Big Mots has kind of taken off. Sauce is getting harder and harder. And it was, you know, kind of that, uh, that partly like a business decision, but also that holistic side of, you know, I love one of these things more than I love doing the other. Um, so, you know, let's dive in and do it. You know, let's commit. So, I mean, that must have been like the end of the summer. And we, we had a conversation um, and kind of both decided that like, okay, like if we're going to grow Big Mots, this is what it's going to take. We have the ability to do it. Um, it's going to require us seven days a week, all winter, getting ready to, you know, kind of open back up in the spring with kind of a, um, you know, kind of a new, you know, platform on which to kind of build this company. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's stop paying ourselves and uh, <laughs> yeah, eat, right. eat ramen noodles all, right. all winter and let's right. do it. Right. And what did you think of that, Jimmy? What well, a proposal. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, going in, I mean, yeah, so my value add was like we were able to actually build a catering business out of it. And I was still finding the fulfillment of like building menus, building business. And I think the collaboration was just what I was getting addicted to. Um, I find that, you know, as I continue to work and experience more things in, in, in New York and in the food industry, the collaboration is what I draw to the most. Um, and I had it, you know, I had someone to bounce ideas off of and, and kind of, we, you know, complement each other really well with, you know, saying these really ridiculous ideas, but then working through them and actually figuring out a logical way of doing them. Um, and that's what I wanted. And I, I found out that, you know, going through and working at all these restaurants and stuff, there was no, there was none of that. Um, at least at least I wasn't at that level. Um, and I would have to work in a lot of you know, very long time in order to get to that level. But this was just there. And I was like, okay, great. This is what I want to do. Um, and you know, I, I, it's a, it was a great opportunity. It was a way to figure out how to start a business in New York city, uh, how to grow a business, learn, you know, it was just a learning opportunity at that point. And I was like, well, if it fails, you know, we're not in too deep yet. And now we are, um, but it, you know, it's kept on growing and I, it, it was, and it was a, direct reflection of how hard we were working was showing how big the company can get. And that's what the, you know, that's, that's the addiction. That was the inspiration. I think another event that, um, kind of really brought, brought on, um, kind of this self-reflection, um, and like that, you know, okay, now we have to kind of answer the question of what do we do want to do when we grow up, you know, and that's like, (laughs) um, so we, uh, it was kind of the end of the, of our first summer at Smorgasburg and we asked for a meeting, um, with, kind of the, the, the organizers. Um, and we were going to pitch mod sticks to them, you know, we, tell us we what st- mod sticks are. So <laughs> mod sticks are, are, if you know, big mods, you know, it's because of mozzarella sticks. They're giant handmade mozzarella sticks. Cause we're big mods. They gotta be huge. <laughs> um, and, uh, we, as we're, you know, kind of, you know, starting up at big mods and we're, you know, making fresh mozzarella on site and we're using grass fed dairy and it's a cultured cheese. And it's like, Oh, this like, um, like really just, pure and virtuous thing people are like yeah can you just like bread that and deep fry it please (laughs) um and like we were like hurt you know (laughs) 
Like how do you understand? Like my hands are in like boiling water right now, and you're asking me to fry this stuff. Like get the heck out of here. But you know, at some point, like you know, enough people came up and said it. We were like, you know, maybe there's something to that. Um, and it was sort of the same thing with sauce. Like nobody makes a better mozzarella stick, so it may as well be us. So we kind of threw away like everything that. Well, we chose not to learn anything about making mozzarella sticks and said, okay, if we were going to make mozzarella sticks, how would we do it? Right. So, you know, kind of the basis of like any great, like, you know, bread stuffing, if you're going to make like uh, stuffed artichokes or, or something like that, or stuffed mushrooms is garlic, parsley, pecorino romano, breadcrumbs, salt, and pepper. Um, and that's all the ingredients to our mozzarella sticks. And like, I don't, I'm very happy to, you know, shout from a mountaintop, this is how we make our product. Um, like I dare you to try and go and do that because it, it, <laughs> we made it really hard on ourselves. Um, and it, it took a lot of, you know, kind of formulating and, you know, kind of massaging that kind of recipe and, and SOP, um, to make that a product that, that we can scale. And that's, that's what we have now. Um, so, you know, mod sticks are, you know, the thing that, you know, took us like kind of on the hockey stick curve as, as far as a company, um, at least as far as how many people work for the company. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, kind of a, a, a huge, you know, part of our future is, is mozzarella sticks. Right. So we're going to, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back in two minutes with, uh, more about the partnership and how you guys have built the company since, uh, since launching the mozzarella sticks. Right on. Awesome. what it takes to swim a coastline longer than the entire eastern seaboard and leap tall waterfalls in a single bound. What does it take to survive 200 feet deep in icy saltwater? What would you be made of? Wild Alaska seafood is made of tight muscle mass, long chain omega-3s, and incredible micronutrients. It matters where your food comes from. Experience the flavor of the fittest in every bite and enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. Ask for Alaska on the menu, grocery store, or smart device. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. Welcome back. Uh, I'm your co-host Jenny Dorsey. And I'm Ethan Frisch. And today we're with the two amazing men who founded Big Moz, Jimmy Warren and Matt Galera. Did I say that right, Matt? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I've been pronouncing people's names wrong all season, so <laughs> forgive me. We were just talking about how you guys branched into mozzarella sticks, which are very different from your original hand-stretched mozzarella. Well, I guess... Mm -hmm. Pretty different. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to tell us how they are a little different and where that the sticks have taken you guys now? Yeah, totally. So, you know, in kind of wanting to subvert what the kind of well-known kind of def definition of what a mozzarella stick is, um, I think we came up with in a, like a, a really kind of novel way to make a, you know, handmade mozzarella stick at scale. Um, so in the beginning, it was me and Jimmy standing in a kitchen for 20 hours a week um, like cutting blocks of cheese yeah. and like dipping them in egg wash one by one and, you know, kind of working on this process to, you know, make enough so that we can serve, you know, 10,000 of these things on a, you know, crazy Saturday, uh, in, in Williamsburg at Smorgasburg. Um, and, you know, over time, you know, we've been able to, 
um, you know, continue to refine that process, find, um, co-packers, manufacturing partners, Mm -hmm. um, who are willing to, you know, kind of make a leap with us and, you know, not make mozzarella sticks the way that they want to make it, but make them the way that we want Mm -hmm. it to happen. Um, and there's, you, you, there's, you know, a lot of ways that co-packers are going to want to, you know, cut corners and they're going to say, well, that's really labor intensive. You know, we want to use, you know, why don't we just use, you know, dehydrated garlic instead of fresh garlic? Um, and you kind of have to stick to your guns and say, no, this is my product. If you want my business, you're going to make it my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're very, very fortunate to, you know, I mean, part of it is, you know, being at a scale where, you know, the purchase orders that you can kind of dangle in front of a co-packer are enticing enough that they will kind of make <laughs> those concessions. Because, I mean, most of them are like, you know, they're really old school businesses. Co-packers really only care about, you know, can they keep their equipment you know, running 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And are you going to put in enough volume so that I can do that? That's all they care about. They don't care that like, you know, your, um, that your product is like sourced, you know, s- sustainably or like whatever. They, they, they don't, they don't care at all. Um, so, you know, Mott sticks versus the fresh mozzarella allowed us to, um, to kind of scale to the point where Jimmy and I could step out of the kitchen a little bit more and get out in front of the brand um, and actually manage um, our markets and our, our actual distribution channels, um, much more directly. Um, and with a lot more energy, it's like exhausting being in the kitchen all week and then having to go out, you know, and, and do, you know, markets for, you know, several days a week too. Um, and what were the big events that you guys started being able to bring in? So we, we started, um, we, we, took a leap and our first music festival was uh, called Izu, Electric Zoo. Oh, I've been to Izu oh, yeah. oh, back in my goodness. day. Oh, my goodness. I, I went in college too and what a disaster. Uh, <laughs> no, the show really, uh, is incredible. It's, it's, uh, it's an EDM show, mm-hmm. electronic dance music, yeah. right? Um, you didn't go the year where the, all the stages were really close? There was, um, there was a fiasco year. No, oh, I, no, I went when like Skrillex was really big. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like some... I don't know how at some point I thought that was awesome. Uh, but <laughs> That's what I want to listen to while I'm eating my <laughs> yeah, mozzarella sticks. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, so, yeah, so that, what kind of reception did your mozzarella sticks get? It, it was like really in, insane. Um, like we figured out that like at, a, at an event like this, that's our core customer. Um, people who are having an amazing time um, who may have had something to drink or have consumed something else. <laughs> and... Um, they uh, they see these mozzarella sticks. You can like somebody's walking by with an order of mozzarella sticks, and it's four to an order. It's like half a pound of cheese. They're huge. Um, they're like, oh, I like kind of mm-hmm. the the reptile brain takes over, and they're like, I want that, and they beeline to the big mozzarella stand. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, like we we had an insane weekend. Uh, Jimmy, oh my gosh, I'm just remembering this. How you were in the kitchen oh, yeah. at like. Four o'clock in the morning, yeah, like on Friday and Saturday of Izu, literally making more yeah, mozzarella sticks so we can sell them the next day. Make? So I think that weekend, um, because we had all the other markets going on, I remember them like pallets of the mozzarella raw coming in. So I think it must have been about like fifty thousand pieces oh my or something God. like that. I, it was like, it truly. was just an absurd amount. Um, and yeah, cut every, like every single one that weekend. Um, I think I had a couple people in the kitchen, but then we sold so well on the first day that I was like, oh shoot, we got to make it through Sunday. So yeah. I went straight to the kitchen and kept on <laughs> making yeah. mozzarella sticks. What, what's hysterical is that, you know, when we started doing that, 
you know, and we're like, we're getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, we, we bought a, a breading machine. Yeah. Um, and it was like a huge investment for us. <laughs> and uh, it, it like, it's a, uh, it sits, it's on a tabletop. It's like three feet long. It's like not that impressive of a thing, but it takes a mozzarella stick and it dips it through some egg and then dips it through some breading oh. and it spits it out on the other yeah. side. Um, and it makes this ticking noise and I still get like PTSD of just like, just, oh my gosh. I have nightmares still of that machine. Well, so that takes us to a question I wanted to ask. And this is something that Jenny and I have talked about a lot, kind of the balance between creativity and scale, right? Like Jenny's plates, if you go on Instagram or follow up, her plates are so so, uh, exquisitely designed and plated where my cooking style tends to be just like a, a little... Sloppier, uh, yeah, Rustic. a little more rustic. Sure. Right, that's sure. a nice sure. way to say it. But, but so, how do you guys? How have you found that balance? You you talked earlier in this interview with about, um, you know, the, the creativity of making Jamaican food for the first yeah, time in the right. sorority house, or like wanting to express yourselves through your food. But now you're making fifty thousand mozzarella sticks right. in a weekend. Yeah. So how do you how do you balance? Yeah, those well, two? what what I found, um, especially it becomes more of the entrepreneur in me of finding the creativity of how to build a business. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Matt and I are young. We don't have a lot of experience. Wait, so, Matt, I thought you were 40. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, you know, everything um, that we do, it's it's all just like problem solving and how, you know, the collaboration. How do we hire because now we have like over 50 employees on the books and we're like, how do you do that? And we didn't know. Well, I mean, it it also, it took a lot of major soul searching too, you know, going from this like very novel, like fresh mozzarella concept where, you know, it's like, we're, we're going to union square farmer's market every weekend. And, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, we're so into, you know, how we're sourcing our, our, our product. And it's not that we aren't now, but it's, you know, there, that element is that kind of chefy element is maybe missing from a little bit of what we do. Um, and uh, I think what you have to do as an entrepreneur is recognize that there are things, there's a way that you want, that maybe you want to do it, and then there's something that people want to buy, and you gotta find a middle ground somewhere in there. Right. And there's only so much convincing that you can do um, to have people care that you know your product is you know, labeled with X, X Y, and Z you know, right. kind of adjectives, um, versus, you know, Oh well, the store brand is two dollars cheaper. I'm just going to buy that. Right. And you know, if you think that people are going to, you know, just immediately switch over to your brand because you know it's made in a more pure way, you're you're going to have a bad time. Um, so you know, for us, the uh, the kind of aha moment for me came when we did an event and it was completely it was the music festival and we were completely staffed up. So I kind of went into the into the crowd as a civilian and <laughs> I had a bunch of drinks. And came back to Big Mots. I think I went up to the Big Mots stand. I wait. I wanted to get the full experience, so I waited in line. I think I paid for my order too. Um, and uh, you know, like before then, like you know, we like we taste a mozzarella stick like at the start of every service, just like for quality control. Um, and we only serve one thing. We have one thing on the menu. It's mozzarella sticks. That's it. Um, so you know, they better be good. Uh, so I go to the show, wait online order some mozzarella sticks and I faced four mozzarella sticks. I just like ate them all in one shot. And like, I was like, my mind was so completely blown. And I was like, Oh, wait a second. That's, that's, that's who we're serving. (laughs) Like we're, we're not, you know, we're not doing like farm to table chef's dinners here. We're making the best party food ever. And it's like acknowledging that and owning it to Mm -hmm. an extent, Mm -hmm. um, is, is so, so important. And like not pretending that you're something that you're not, 
You know, we're honest about what our ingredients are. We don't hide anything. We'll tell you exactly what's in our mozzarella sticks, how they're made and where they're made. You know, and we're happy to show you. Um, but, you know, we're not going to, like, win a James Beard Award for them. But, like, we're maybe, not... Maybe. Maybe. We'll pitch some new categories yeah. for James Beard. Well, so, so uh, what's next for you guys? What's, what's on the horizon? Um, so, you know, c- kind of going into, you know, we did a lot of soul searching this winter of like, what is Big Mots? Like we're getting bigger and bigger, um, you know, as a company. How many people are Big Mots now? Peak season, we'll we'll have about 100 employees. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't count like local staff that we hire at uh, for festivals. Like we're going to Bonnaroo and Firefly and Electric Forest in Michigan. And um, so we're kind of all over the map. Um, So, I mean, it's it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people to manage, um, which is which is tricky. Um, but I think what we drilled into this winter, um, kind of in our off season, is that you know Big Mots is an outdoor food market operator. We don't want to just be the mozzarella guys. We're really good at going to an event with that is enclosed with a customer with a relatively high willingness to spend sometimes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, our, our our food cost is high, so that's sort of justified. Um, and, uh, we can serve a lot of product at a really high level of service and a level of quality, um, in a short period of time. That's what we're really good at. It's not necessarily, you know, making mozzarella anymore. It's not necessarily about that. So, um, you know, kind of the projects that we take on going forward have to do with, um, you know, kind of, uh, finding products that, you know, are nostalgic and recognizable and are things that people already know and love. And then we can, you know, come in and put in our own creativity and our spin on it that, you know, sort of takes it to the next level and makes it something that surprises people after the point of purchase. And can you tell us uh, any products on the horizon? Yeah, so so this uh, this year we just launched a product. We partnered with Dough, um, the edible cookie dough company. Uh, they're based out of Manhattan. And we take their cookie dough and we uh, batter it and deep fry it. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> what, that's what you're good at. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's this like, really um you know crispy outside beautiful gooey cookie dough in the middle that's oh. completely safe to eat yeah. uh and um yeah we're kind of going with the sweet this time seeing what how we can do with the the sweet factor and the, the kind of the dessert um it's a perfect pairing with our mozzarella sticks <laughs> yeah. um you might get diabetes but it's in a <laughs> <laughs> depends on how many edit that one, edit that one. <laughs> um no but it's you know it's just kind of like party food and it just pairs really well um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's something that you want to, you know, you're with a big group of friends. It's very shareable. It's, I mean, for better or worse, it's very Instagrammable, um, which <laughs> yeah. is, I, it I mean, matters. Such yeah, important it matters. For, yeah. Uh, a um, but I mean, you know, it, it's, we didn't create the product to be an Instagram hit. Like, you know, it's not like a rainbow bagel or, you know, or something like that. <laughs> like there's real, there's real merits to it um, because dough makes an amazing product. Um, you know, we're really good at, at serving product at volume. Um, and kind of satisfying that volume need for for festivals and coordinators. Um, and I mean, the other cool thing about it is, you know, it's raw cookie dough. So if you overcook it, like it turns into a cookie, so it's fine. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's right. Kind of a full, full fruit yeah. uh, uh, item. Well, thank you both so much for being on the show today. Yeah, um, can you tell our listeners where to find you and any upcoming events they can find you at? Yes, absolutely. So we are, and thank you for having us, by the way. This yeah, is amazing, thank guys. You. This is fun. Um, we are uh, open at Smorgasburg every Saturday and Sunday. 
Um, we're at City Field for all the Mets games. Uh, we have a crew in LA actually doing nice. smorgasbord out there, and they just opened up this winter, so you know they're kind of starting to get their their feet under them. I, I just came back from LA, kind of working out the kinks a little bit over there, um, and uh, we are at uh, a pop up in Manhattan, uh, Broadway Bites uh, mm-hmm. on uh, Broadway and Thirty Third until mid June. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of hit the festival circuit. So we'll be at GovBall and Panorama and Izu and all the... Woohoo, Izu, all the, yeah. All yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> just, I'm, like, mentally preparing for just the bass for days. Yeah, yeah. So much bass. And where to find you online? Uh, BigMots.com, at BigMots on Instagram. And uh, we're going to be launching an online store in the next month or so with yeah, some merch. Ooh. Some merch. So, yeah. So we're going to, you know, kind of test the waters with, you know, BigMots hats and T-shirts and stuff like that. And then eventually... Uh, we're gonna have the cookie dough product as a as a retail product uh, on there. Can you have a shirt that says "I like big mods" and I cannot lie? I cannot yep, lie. it's done. Yeah, is that done? It's in the books. <laughs> in the books. <laughs> Very inspired. Oh, thank you, thank you, David. <laughs> um, great, thanks. I'm Ethan Frisch. You can find me at my spice company's Instagram, Burlap and Barrel, or burlapandbarrel.com. Uh, I'm Jenny Dorsey. You can find me at, at Chef Jenny Dorsey. And you can always find us, Why Food Podcast, at, at Why Food Podcast. If you have any questions for Matt and Jimmy, please email us. If you have comments, feedback, thoughts, um, people you want to hear on the show, email us. We're at whyfood at heritageradionetwork.org. And thank you to the Red Crickets for our theme song, Blind. And our engineers, David Tatashar and Vitor Hirsch. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Well, that's history of mine.